Welcome to the Roundtable. It is the week of August 13th, etc. Dean Luggy joined by the state uh, college football reporter Josh Kendall. Josh covered the Gamecocks now for some time, covered some for some time, and covered Georgia before that. If you don't know Josh, Josh has been a long time, long time dog post, a friend of dog post. Josh, I want to talk about. Well, there's a lot. There's a, certainly a lot going on um, nationally in college football right now. I mean, if you look at the Big Ten East over these last what six, seven years, it's been a rough go. Michigan State, Penn State, uh, Ohio State right now. And what in the world is going on at Maryland? Do you have any insight into what uh, what that situation is? None. Uh, beyond what's in the ESPN report, which I, you know, I don't think we have any reason to doubt. Um, I don't, don't I can't imagine a scenario where DJ Durkin keeps his job through this. Uh, Will Muschamp, as everybody probably knows, had a, an impassioned defense of DJ Durkin recently. So, in, so impassioned the first time around that he, he had to backtrack a little bit, and uh, because I think he missed the bigger point the first time around um, in terms of Jordan McNair's death. But uh, you know, it it sounds like that. I mean, it certainly sounds like Maryland crossed the line, just like the line was crossed in so many other places, and college football programs, you know, roundly are proving themselves unworthy of the benefit of the doubt. And so the more of these that we see, the more of these that you wonder how, the more you wonder how many others are out there. Very well said. <laughs> unworthy of, uh, the, of reason, I mean, you know, you know, for all the grief that the SEC takes, and I think there's plenty of reason to take grief if you're, you know, looking at conferences, so to speak. The what what we've seen in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten East, particularly with those four schools, Michigan State, Ohio. What you know, what's happened to Ohio State is bad. No one has died um, yet, and. It's just it's hard to really wrap my head around how bad all four of these have been. I mean, let me make sure I've got it right. Ohio State is is something where someone is I don't know if it's covering up for, but certainly not dealing with spousal abuse, beating a woman or allegedly beating a woman. Correct? What am I? I want to get this wrong here. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I, I think that at the at the bare minimum, Ohio State is assumed to be guilty of putting the benefit of the football program over, of, yeah. over the well-being of the people who are associated with the football program. And I think that's what this all boils down to at its core, which is an, an absolute disregard for people's lives. Mm-hmm. If those people's lives are in any way an impediment to the football program, well, it's, that's just, it's not—it's not just football. I mean, what happened at Michigan? First of all, at Penn State, you had a sexual predator running wild. At Michigan State, you had a sexual predator running wild. At Ohio State, it seems to me like you've got at least one—you've got a problem with a particular person who is on the football staff. 
that Urban Meyer was either not willing to deal with, or or if we're supposed to believe that he knew nothing about this, that would be that would be hard. That would be hard to, for me to fathom. And someone's dead at Maryland, and you know if people the none of this is acceptable to me as a human being, and. The other, the only check on any of this in any way, is the free press. Michigan State fought ESPN all it could. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Ohio State, but Brett McMurphy uh, is certainly a member of the media and has done a hell of a job there. Again, ESPN loaded up on Maryland, and Penn State was uh, a local reporter. In, in College Station, if I'm not, excuse me, in State College, who, uh, you know, reported what was going on. I think it's very important. And the other thing, too, is, and I heard some people at Georgia talking about this the other day, this could happen anywhere. It can happen anywhere, particularly if it is, is allowed to fester anywhere. I mean, this, this is not funny. And this doesn't ha- this does not happen in the NBA, you know what I mean? Or professional athletics it seems to really be happening on college campuses and it is well, the, difference between, the difference between professional athletics and college athletics is the openness and the access i mean college for the most part professional practices locker rooms workouts etc are open and for the most part all those things in college are not you know you talk about a free press and we do have a free press but i'm not sure that the term free press fits in the terms of college athletics coverage. Oh, I agree. is so controlled. Yeah. And so, you know, they can portray and do portray the image and only the image that they want out there. And there's not a lot of recourse for the media, given the current setup, um, to to present a different narrative, if there is a different narrative to present. College uh, professional... Professional organizations are just that organizations. They're businesses, and they have therefore they have checks and balances on them. That you know, uh, you know, capitalism for for all of its faults, uh, I, I think you know has some built-in failsafes too. In that, you know, you, if this if this if this stuff happened, Charlie Meyer is the most is the most powerful man on, in Ohio State's athletic program. Say Steve Ballmer with the LA Clippers. If if something happens like this. With with Steve in Steve Ballmer's organization, he loses the organization probably in a ton of money. If something like this happens on our, in Urban Meyer's organization, if it ever gets found out, he doesn't really lose any money. He he might lose his job, might lose his job, but he still gets a ton. You know, he still gets a buy a buyout. I'm sure, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think that it's different, and I do think that uh, I do think that the closed nature, the insular nature of college athletics makes this makes it ripe for abuse. Can't have kings, see. You, you can't have kings on college campuses. Um, that's that's a real, that's a bad thing to have. I mean, once once you once someone is reaching near king status, it's concerning, and it's concerning because there's got to be accountability, and royalty really don't have accountability. So right, there, there's and that's where we are. Well, that's that's what's concerning to me. Um, if you look across the landscape of, you know, college athletics, but just colleges too, um, you know, 
there's there's something going on at Georgia Tech um, in terms of their administration now. Um, the president doesn't look so hot over there at, at Tech right now. It's um, you know there always has to be accountability for uh, people who are in prominent positions. There's accountability for all of us, really. And well, unless you're a football coach, unless you're a successful football coach. And that's what that's what worries, that's what worries me. See, and I'm not suggesting something's going on at Georgia by saying that. Uh, no, sure. I mean, there are there have been four major scandals involving sex in some fact. Three major sex scandals in some fashion in the Big Ten, and one where a student has died. And this is the Big Ten, a place that you know, has traditionally taken academics very seriously and the nature of the um, campus community seriously. This isn't the wild and crazy Southwestern Conference or the cheating SEC. This is the Big Ten. And we've seen now that nothing is, nothing gets in the way of honoring, or what's what's the word, of uh, hero worship. It's, it's concerning. And what the guy, what that, person did at, at, at Michigan State to those those athletes is is just it's just not acceptable and 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 the only reason I rant about it, I mean nobody nobody says oh yeah it's it's cool well then you have to make sure that there's the atmosphere isn't in place for that to be possible see that's why you don't have to. you clearly don't have to because they haven't I mean we just went through well but I'm saying that's wrong no substantive change was made We've gone through Michigan State and no substantive change was made. And I bet you we go through Ohio State and Maryland and no substantive change will be made. So also, clearly you, it's if, your strength, if your strength and conditioning and you're really pushing it that far, I mean, I have friends in strength and conditioning world. It's hard to believe that if you're doing your job right, someone is going to pass away. Right. I, I mean, mean, I think that there, you know, there are medical conditions that pop up and surprise everybody. And I, I'm not saying it's impossible. But... Um, but I, you know, it's, it's a black mark and it, and it deserves an investigation, a full investigation of everything you're doing. And it seems like Who, who's gonna investigate an investigation of what Maryland was doing. Who's, well, who's investigating? Hey, well, hold on. Nobody. The network, the TV networks, that includes ESPN, even though they have had certainly done some very good reporting through the years here with, with some of these institutions, Michigan State and, the, and uh, Maryland. Who's really guarding the guardians? I mean, who who is who's going to report on this? This the student newspaper, in theory, uh, newspapers are gutted. The Atlanta Journal Constitution used to have something like fifty people in their sports department. There's two people that cover Georgia now for the AJC, and one of them just started. I mean, it's just oh yeah, it's not, you know, things you can get away with things anymore. You just can. Well, I think if I think if nothing subs, nothing changes in college athletics in terms of openness and accountability, then what all of these conference administrators and university presidents are saying is that this is okay. Yeah, you know, we're willing to accept. Right. We're willing to accept this. If they don't, if they don't make changes, then that's a clear admission that they're willing to accept what's going on. At least. You know how many? You know, so four, four, four scandals every ten years. We'll accept that. You know that's okay. So you know these people's lives being ruined. That's okay. 
it's, it's, it's totally it's, different it's, than than cheating and recruiting or some other you know not not life life altering situation I and mean, this is this is people's li- lives and i just now i know we normally are a little bit more playful on here but i just i don't know what else there is left to say it, it's 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 gotten to the stage that and then the, 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 it's gotten to the stage that's just straight up disgusting what's going on at times and that people will hero worship so much that that people can't do any wrong is hilarious. I mean, it's just not. It's not hilarious. It's pathetic. And, and honestly, it is pathetic. The police. I mean, the police are not going. I mean, why would the police report something they know or investigate something they know nothing about? All these things come from whistleblowers or the media, and they typically go through the media to do it. And as flawed and as the media can be and as critical, I know that I can be of us because um, there's just so many morons that are in our industry, <laughs> just to be honest. Um, there is certainly a role for us in this entire world. And it might not be, you know, Dean at Dog Post, although I've done plenty of reporting in my day. It certainly is the newspapers, but the newspapers have changed so, dr- so drastically uh, that there's just not that many people can really do investigative reporting or do really much reporting at all. It's 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 concerning. Right. Now, what does that have to do with Jake Fromm throwing a, a pass? Not much, but the you know, hopefully, no one would ever mess with a, a player. But we know now that that's not true. It's just maybe not at Georgia, but. But maybe not at Georgia. I mean, that you're just you're not that far away from a scandal anywhere. It seems if you allow, um, if you allow the atmosphere to be created, or you do nothing to an atmosphere that's created to get the job done and change things, Josh. I just it aggravates me. You know, almost a decade on a board of trustees at an NCAA institution, change at the administrative level of schools is very hard to come by because people don't want to lose their particular power. Uh, And frankly, people don't want to break eggs. They're not willing to call out people behind the scenes or in board meetings. They just won't do it. It's not genteel, I guess. I'm not sure. Well, there's a problem. I mean, there there clearly is a problem. And we've been saying this, we've been saying this for years that, you know, the, the atmosphere of, um, unchecked power and and what yeah, hero worship is probably an accurate term of, of these coaches sets up an atmosphere that's rife for abuse and we've seen it plain as day you know we saw it plain as day with Penn State and now three times in a, basically in a row here we've seen and it's you know it's foolish to think that those are the only places I'm not I'm certainly not saying it's happening everywhere but it's foolish to think that these are, those are the only places it is happening. I mean, 60 Minutes and HBO's Real Sports can't be the only people, and, and, you know, outside the lines, that world, it can't be the only people who are really, you know, involved in in finding out what is going on wrong. Um, uh, It's not a good good look. It's not a good thing, and people's lives have been ruined. But that's 15 minutes on that dichotomy. Uh, anything new in the world of the SEC that you want to talk about real quick before we get into Georgia? 
No, it's been fairly quiet. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that we've, we've we haven't seen any quarterback announcements that you might think we, we would have seen some by now. I don't even How know. much, Josh, do you think – I mean, you know, if you look at Clemson – Clemson and Alabama are the two most interesting ones because of the two teams that played in the playoff. You know, at Georgia, it's just really hard to imagine that Justin Fields would pass um, you know, Jake Fromm Wrong. right right now, if not at all this season. So, okay, at Clemson – yeah, at Alabama, it looks like they really will have a change. At Clemson, do you? Well, where are you with that whole thing up there? I hear good things about the freshman, and I, I didn't see Kelly Bryant much, so I, I don't feel like I can give a very strong opinion. But I, my impression of the times that I did see him was he was not super consistent, and he did not lock away the job to the degree that you feel like Jake Fromm did. So I feel like I feel like Trevor Lawrence at Clemson has got a legitimate shot. Um, but, you know, that's just because I've heard people who I, you know, trust say really good things about Trevor Lawrence and what kind of quarterback he can be. And, I'm, you know, I did see some hiccups in Kelly Bryant last year. But we don't – none of us know anything about what's going on in the offseason or what's going on in fall practice. And I don't expect it to be an opening game or even week two against Texas A&M. I don't think that that's the situation for it. I think that's more of a, more of a gradual midseason type change. If I were Clemson, I wouldn't get too jumpy because, you know, if you lose to Texas A&M, which they could lose, I mean, I, I, I doubt it. If you lose that game, that means the rest of the season there is no margin for error. And as we have seen with Clemson, they need some margin for error for the Syracuse, Pittsburghs, and North Carolina states of the world. And I'm not, you know, that's not me trashing um, Clemson. When you play in your conference, your conference games are much more complicated than maybe they, you know, everybody knows everybody. Um, I found that out playing conference games in college myself. I mean, nobody nobody gives a shit that you are Clemson or that you are whoever. So it's just another conference game, and everybody feels like they've got guys. So I wonder if they'll stick with Kelly Bryant as long as they kind of can but if their their best chance to win the playoff is is with good quarterback play, and I think if you're talking about a guy that you are considering replacing with, and the other guy is a true freshman, those are not ideal options. And someone said to me, "Well, you know, Jake Fromm did it last year. Jake Fromm handed the ball off a lot last year." Clemson can't do that. Their quarterback has to be a playmaker, they ha- or at least that person has right. to do things. Josh, I, I rewatched the. Um, and by the way, Jay Fromm became a you know a very good player by the end of the season. It's just that he didn't have to do that against the Gators, against Tennessee, against I mean a lot of teams. He just kind of checked out. You know, he he did what he was supposed to do. They didn't ask him to throw the ball for twenty times. They asked him to throw in certain games nine times. So. He didn't right. have to do anything. At Clemson, I think the quarterback matters. Um, and they've had two very good ones before Kelly Bryant got there. And before that, when they had an easy quarterback play, they weren't so great. So it's important. Um, I was going to ask you, I watched the la- the I watched the 30-minute replays of the championship game and the two semifinals this past week. And what separated to me Alabama from, well, what separated 
Alabama from Clemson and Oklahoma and a little bit from Georgia was its play on the offensive and defensive line. How are teams not named Alabama going to beat Alabama with what they've got? I mean, we saw what happened to Clemson. Everybody keeps talking about their defensive line, Josh. Their offensive line was getting its lunch eaten during that game. How are they how are they going to get better? And and by the end of the championship game, Georgia was really struggling to get a push in that game. How do you how do you defeat that? I think if you look at what South Carolina's doing, as much as anything, that's Will Muschamp saying to himself as much as anybody, you know, we can't line up against the guys that we want to eventually beat, meaning Georgia and Alabama and Clemson, and run the ball. If if their guys line up and our guys line up, we're just not going to run the ball. We can't do it. So we're going to have to go to an up-tempo or at least a multi-tempo offense. We're going to have to steal some runs where we get guys out of position. We're going to have to try to go fast and get some guys tired. We're going to have to try to go fast and not substitute and make sure that they can't substitute and, and just get a play here or there. So I, I think that you're right. I think that the large part of college football teams, maybe outside of the three we just talked about, Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama, you know, they can't line up against those teams and run the ball consistently or move the ball consistently or get a pass rush consistently. And so – this is why you're seeing Auburn do it, do things the way they do. This is why you're seeing South Carolina make a change that you never probably thought Will Muschamp would make in turn into a sort of a more modern, risk-taking, fast-paced offense. It's it, it's an acknowledgement that you you can't, you know, when you get teams like Georgia and Alabama and Clemson who are establishing a significant talent gap, you can't say, okay, we're just going to line up our guys against their guys because that's not going to work. I think it's just my opinion after watching those games. I think that Georgia and Alabama's fronts are different than everybody else's. I mean, Oklahoma scored a bunch of points, but and of course Oklahoma will be a little bit different without Baker Mayfield up there. But you know, Oklahoma was doing it with quick game. With you know, they ran the ball too. Now they ran the ball too, but they weren't bloodying your nose. You know, Georgia, 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 and Alabama both ran on everybody. <laughs> they ran on each other. They ran on Oklahoma. They ran on Clemson. You know, Clemson was the one that had the hardest time running the ball. I mean, it was difficult for them, and they were getting run on too. See, so I mean, that was one thing that, that I, that, you know. Everybody's very eager for this Clemson-Alabama thing to rekindle, and it probably will. I mean, shoot, Clemson's got the – I mean, it was hard for me not to see them in the playoff just because of the path. But right. that doesn't mean that game is going to be, you know, a great matchup for the Tigers. I mean, they will have to have improved dramatically on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, the same guys coming back for Clemson doesn't mean – that they're going to have success against the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. Uh, it just means that they're coming back. I mean, there's nothing guaranteed for anybody outside of, I think, probably Alabama. I mean, Alabama's got the physical players on the lines where you need them to where who their quarterback is, you could survive with Jalen Hurts and get to the national championship game with a guy who barely was functional against Georgia. 
That's what they can do. That's why they they're for two years. They've been, that's exactly right. I mean, Jalen Hurts has lost two games or whatever it is. Is it two or one? Yeah. He lost. Yeah, he lost to Clemson. Lost to Auburn. Okay. Yeah. So. And yet he's going to get replaced, it, it appears. But the reason why is because of all the parts around him. And, bro, man, I look around out there at Georgia. Josh, their offensive line is, I mean, I think Alabama is the only team that can match up with them. Well, I think you're, I mean, that's the way it looks from yeah, probably, probably perspective. Too. Probably Auburn. Okay. Physically, I think the, here's the teams I think probably in order that Georgia will have to deal with in terms of physicality: LSU, Auburn, and then South Carolina. Those three have at least some guys who are you know you're going to have to deal with. I mean, I'd say in particular LSU and Auburn. You know, you got Derek Brown is still at, at Auburn. Um, They've still got guys who who really can cause some problems for you. So Auburn is no slouch. <clears throat> LSU has plenty of kids. I think South Carolina has recruited enough. Will, Will has done a better job than people realize. I think. You know, yeah, he's done very good job. You know, Alabama they've got to deal with LSU and Auburn. Now after that, I don't really know who they have to deal with. And Clemson, I'm struggling to find someone that Clemson will physically have to. You know, Florida State probably. I mean, you think Texas A and M can hang? hang with, you think Texas A and M can hang with Clemson in terms of bodies? No. See, I don't think they can no. either. But mm-hmm. the, yeah, the game is over there. Clemson is known to you know poop itself, so you don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a, it could be a game, but I don't expect I, I expect Clemson to win by 10, 10 or more points, and I I don't I don't think that Texas A and M can match them body for body. You know, they might, I'm not saying they can't win the game, but I don't think they can match it. Well, that's, but see, that's it what down. it comes down to, is body to body, what can you do? I mean, wouldn't you say right now that South Carolina has better bodies than Tennessee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. No question. How many times have we been able to say that in history? Well, not many, not many but the most of them have been here lately. And that's so, that's concerning for Tennessee, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, that's why Tennessee's won 26 SEC games in the last 10 years. So, yeah, that, I mean, Tennessee is not a measuring stick for anybody but Vandy anymore. It's rough. It's rough, but yeah. it's true. Yeah, absolutely it's true. Now, how quick could Jeremy turn that thing around? I don't think quickly. I mean, I don't so think you, that's so a, like So, a good friend of mine has said, and that this was a football person, and they've said the rule of thumb is at places like Georgia, Florida, LSU, in two years you can turn it around. I mean, like it can happen quick. Auburn. Is Tennessee in that bunch? You don't think so? I don't think so because their their recruiting base is not, you know, their immediate recruiting base is not nearly as strong as the teams you just mentioned. And, you know, specifically this Pruitt case, it's not like he's, you know, the teams that turned around quick. Those guys come in and start recruiting really well right off the bat, and yeah. Pruitt has not done that. He's done almost the opposite. So, you know, I think it's a long road for Tennessee. I don't think it's a short road. I don't think it's a, you know, it's it, this is not an Urban Meyer turnaround where the second year you're in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that he'll be? Do you think that Urban will pl- will be the coach when Ohio State takes the field for the first game? Yes, I do. 
The betting public does not think he will. Do you think that DJ Durkin will be there at, at Maryland? No. No, I do not. And, and why? I, why do you think he will not be there? Because of the way this has been handled or what has happened? Um, I think that, so, so, number one, the player died at Maryland, which makes it a different, a different right. issue. Number two, you can, you, you can and should say that DJ Durkin is responsible for every thing that goes on within his football program as whatever was going on in the strength and conditioning process was. At Ohio State, nobody died. And you can make the argument if you want to, and I imagine that a lot of people in Ohio will want to, that Urban Meyer, while he is responsible for everything that goes on in the football program, we can't necessarily hold him responsible for things that go on outside the football program, which is what happened. You know, if his response is less than his response to those things is less than what we wanted, but it is not his responsibility and or fault that Zach Smith did whatever Zach Smith did. It is, however, DJ Duncan's responsibility and fault. Player mistakes were made in the football program's strength and conditioning program. It's a mess, isn't it? All this is a mess. Yeah. It's absolutely a mess. Okay, last, last thing here. I don't know how much, if anything at all, you have paid attention to this. You know, the ACC network is going to start next year. Have you seen this? I mean, I know that that is a thing, but I don't know any details about it. I think collectively they've spent about $120 million thus far on getting ready for the launch of this thing. I mean, it is supposed to be a linear television network, meaning it is on a cable. It will be a cable station. What is the success? I mean, these guys are betting a lot of money on their future with this thing. That's why they stuck together. What is what is the the hope? Do you think at Clemson, NC State, Boston College for this linear network? And when you sit there and you look at the Big Ten and the SEC, which are vastly outpacing the ACC and the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve in revenues from sport, how how important is it for the ACC to get this right? Very. I mean, I think that that's what do they expect to get out of it? They expect to get a lot of money out of it. And I don't know enough about how the numbers work to know can they or will they. I mean, I don't know that it's got to be a particularly compelling product even to make to make money. You've just got to get it to the right places. You've got to you've got to make all the behind the scenes numbers work. You've got to get it carried in the right places. So that'll be the challenge. If they do that, it doesn't matter if anybody's watching it. Honestly, yeah. it just matters if they can put money in money in their team's pockets, and they've got to do that. So the SEC network is not rated. It doesn't. They do not. They do not provide viewership. Um, numbers. ESPNU is rated, uh, but uh, the SEC network is not. Interesting, huh? huh? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. So I don't know. I don't. I don't get the SEC network. I don't watch the SEC network. Um, out of spite? Out of spite? No, I just. I mean, I mean you, you appear. Compelled. You appear on it. Well, I don't mean compelled to watch it. I mean, I, you know, it's not like a, you know. I don't have it, and I don't feel you know. I don't feel like I have to have it. Mm. But that's the thing, you know. You're okay. Just You're just living life. I'm just living life. That's right. Trying, trying to live my best life. That's right. That's all I'm doing here. Bing. Well, well, let's continue doing that, and next week we'll hopefully have a less serious roundtable. But 
You never know where the roundtable will take you, do you, Josh? So I don't know that. That's a, that's a valid, very valid point. Very valid and frightening point. Frightening indeed. Next week, join us again on the roundtable on Dog Post. <laughs>